Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. The title of my message this morning is Dynamic Faith. Dynamic Faith. Dynamic Faith. And it's very interesting as I was praying about the Treasure Valley, about Boise, about what, what God would want me to impart to you. I really felt God speak to me very, very clearly. And so I, I wrote a, a brand new word uh, for you. And uh, it's very interesting. And, and if I was to give you a kind of an overview to help you to lean in, faith faith is exactly what Pastor Colin was, was saying. Faith is the thing that Jesus said, and we'll see it in a moment. He says, when I, when I return to the earth, will I really find faith? He didn't say, when, will I really find love? Will, will I really find kindness? Will I really find compassion? Will I really find, you know, worship? He, he says, when I return, will I really find faith? So that tells me, huh, I need to, I need to kind of lean in. And, and, and if Jesus is saying, when I return, when I come back, the thing that I'm going to be looking for is faith. Because the thing that's going to be attacked is faith. The reason that faith is attacked is because in the opening stanza of the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. So we know that God is in heaven and holy is his name. But, but the, the, the prayer goes, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we know that God is in heaven. We know that heaven is a, a wonderful place. But we know that earth has, has some chaos and earth has some, some issues. And so our assignment in the church is not to find a cave stock it with dry foods and baked beans and and hide out because you know the antichrist is coming and that that's no no way did jesus teach his disciples that prayer jesus says thy kingdom come they will be done on earth as it is in heaven i'm not afraid of the devil we chase the devil out jesus came casting out demons our job is to drive out evil wherever we see it. Evil doesn't have power over you. Evil doesn't have power over the church. You've been given power and authority over the evil one. Over Jesus in John chapter uh, in Luke chapter ten says, "Behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy to trample on scorpions and serpents. You have power over the evil one." Now our assignment is to drive evil out, and so so God God is looking for faith, and the reason that that. The, the, of all the things that I could preach on this morning, I felt to preach on faith because faith is the key on earth that unlocks heaven. Faith is the key. God has given you a key that accesses heaven. Everything in heaven comes through the transactional engagement of your faith. For you to, to go into a store, you need money. The money of heaven is faith. 
And you only need faith as small as a mustard seed. You only need the tiniest deposit of faith. But when you have faith, everything in heaven is accessible. That's why Satan tries to shut down faith. The Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why our schools no longer have uh, the word of God taught. That's why our colleges have moved away from the word of God. It's not the college's intent. It's the devil's intent carried by people who have rebellion in their hearts. If they hate God, and because they hate God, they do the work of the evil one. Whether they realize it or not, whether their, their volition is in there or not, they do it because of the rebellion in their heart. And so we have a generation that have grown up without hearing the word of God, so there's no faith. The devil thinks he's winning because without faith it is impossible to please God. They, the devil thinks he's winning because they can't access heavenly things. But I thank God that he sent a couple. I thank God that he's building a church and building a team right up here in the Treasure Valley because God loves the Treasure Valley. God loves the people of Idaho. God loves the people of Boise. And so I want you to come with me in your Bibles. Uh, Romans 1.17 says this, and they'll just throw these up, that the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. In it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Faith is not sedentary. It's not static. It's dynamic. It moves, it journeys, it travels, it walks, it places demand, it can increase, it unlocks, it reveals, it unveils. In Luke chapter 18, verse 8, Jesus says, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith in the earth? Will he really find faith in the earth? The reason Jesus asked this question is he's going all the way back to Genesis 3. In Genesis 3, the serpent comes and says to the woman, says to Eve, has God really said? Can you really trust what God has said? The reason we're in, in the, 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 this dilemma is because people have moved back from what God has said. Faith is believing what God has said over the circumstances, over the situations. Faith is choosing to believe the Lord has said. I love when the devil tempted Jesus because three times Jesus didn't say, hey, God has said. The battle was over, God has said. Jesus said, hey, hey, it is written. It is written. He's saying, listen, you're coming after me because you see a light. You see an anointing on me. That's what the Mashiach, Messiah means, the anointed one. He says, you see that I'm the anointed one. But let me tell you, I'm the anointed one of God's chosen people. The, the Jewish people. And we are separated unto God and we haven't got a perfect history. He says, but what we have done is we have chosen to respond to God. And so we took what God said and we wrote it down in the Torah and in the Tanuch and we meditated upon it day and night. So let me tell you, I'm gonna, devil, I'm going to go one step further. God didn't just say it. We wrote it. It is written. We wrote it down. We teach it to our children and our children's children. And he defeated the devil. So in, in Romans 4, 17, and this is going to be in the NLT, and they'll, they'll put it up behind me. It says, this is what the scriptures mean when God told him. This is speaking about Abraham. And again, I'm just re-preaching what Pastor Collins said. I have made you, this is speaking to Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. 
This happened because Abraham believed in God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Who brings the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. When I read that verse, I felt God say, that's the word for the treasure valley. That's the word for the treasure valley. I want you to know today. I'm not sure who needs to hear this, but I want you to know today that the God that you and I serve, that what faith unlocks. And just so you know, once you're born again, it's, it's unbelievable. Once you are born again, you're not just saved from your sin. You're not just now going to heaven. The, the Bible says that when you are born again, you are in Christ. And when you were in Christ, God, God did, did things over thousands of years of human history that are all now accessible as a flow. And the Bible says that when you are born again, Abraham becomes the father of your faith. So the same faith that Abraham had is the same faith that is available to you. It's actually, it's there just needing to be unlocked and released to flow through you so that you can see literally the dead brought back to life. Dead dreams, dead hopes, dead visions, dead opportunities. You may have lost a home. You may have gone into foreclosure. You may have started a business and lost the business and given up on that because the pain was too great or the trauma too too bad. But I want you to know there'll, there'll, be, a, there'll be something in here where what was dead comes back to life. Dead dreams, dead visions, dead hopes come back to life. Not only that, but he creates new things out of nothing. He creates new things out of nothing. He creates new things out of nothing. You may say, well, I've got nothing to start with. When, when, uh, when we moved to San Diego in 2005, we, we had, I had three sons. I didn't even have my little princess, my little daughter, and a bunch of suitcases. But we had, you know, people saying, oh, you, you, you know, you're, you're pastors. Oh, where's your church? Oh, we don't have one yet. Oh, okay. No team, no church. We didn't even have any friends. We didn't know anybody. We came with nothing, but we knew that God was doing a new thing. We knew that God was doing a new thing. He creates new things out of nothing. So now come with me. This is going to be our, our, our passage, and then we're going to uh, jump into this. Uh, Genesis 12, 1 to 9. Genesis 12, 1 to 9. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family, And from your father's house to a land that I will show you, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abraham took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Moreh. And, in, and the Canaanites were there in the land. And then the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abraham journeyed. Abraham journeyed. Everyone say dynamic. Abraham journeyed going on still towards the south. 
I want to talk today about dynamic faith, faith that moves, faith that is not sedentary or static. The, the, first, the first point I want you to understand is that faith can't settle. Faith is, faith is unsettling and faith, faith unsettles. Faith, faith is meant, it's designed to unsettle. So God comes to Abraham and he says to Abraham, he says, I want you to get out of your country. I want you to get out of your family, away from your family and get out of your father's house and go to a land of which I will show you. Uh, when I left engineering to go to Bible college, there were two options. The, the first one was, was the Bible college in, in Wollongong where I lived where, where, and I would just I just literally had started courting Leanne or at least making inroads to courting my beautiful Aunt Leanne. And, uh, and there, there was the other option was to go to what is now known as Hillsong College, which was like a three-hour drive away. And I didn't know anybody and it was in a much more expensive part of town. And, and my, my, my local pastor said, if you go to our Bible college, not only are the fees half, but you don't have to pay for accommodation because you can live at home and we guarantee you a job as a youth pastor when you graduate. So I'm like, that's God. <laughs> but it wasn't God. God says, no, I want you to get out of your house, away from everything that's comfortable, easy and familiar. I want you to step into the unknown. I did not want to go. At the end of Bible college, there were two options. One was to stay in Australia and to become the associate pastor slash youth pastor. Oh, yeah, there was a slash in there. <laughs> Associate and youth pastor in Palm Beach Assemblies of God. As soon as I heard the word beach, I'm like, that's the Lord. I got saved through Christian surfers. And literally the, the pastor was telling me that my office window faced Coolangatta Beach. I'm like, could, could Jesus make it any clearer? <laughs> the other option was to go to Monaco City, New Zealand at that time. The, the second most violent city in the Southern Hemisphere to Johannesburg in South Africa. And so, and I'm like, well, that's absolutely not God. But unfortunately, God was in the Manukau city thing and wasn't in the Palm Beach. And I'm like, what are you doing? What have I done? I thought my sins were forgiven on that. Why am I still? And so I had to go to Manukau city, New Zealand. It was cold. It was, it was brutal. Seven years we, we did in New Zealand. And I didn't realize at the time, but, but, but God said to Abraham, I need you to get out of your father's house, away from your family, away from your culture, your environment, and then I'm able to make you because while you're there, it's just the, the comforts. Comfort can be the greatest enemy to innovation and progress. They even say that necessity is the mother of all invention. H have a look at this uh, in Genesis 11, 31, and 32, it's, it's about Terah. Uh, and it's, I'm going to be reading from the NIV. It says, Terah, who is Abraham's father, took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram, together, and they set out from the Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. So when God asked Abraham to get up and leave and go to Canaan, he wasn't the first choice. The first opportunity to, to be God's man came to Terah, Abraham's father. But the Bible says, as we go on, that but when they came to Haran, Haran was the name of his son. He named that region after his son. His son Haran died. 
it's not in the Bible, but if you, if you uh, read the Tanakh and some of the Jewish writings, Haran died when Nimrod set their house on fire and Haran ran back into the house to rescue his father, Terah's idols. And he died trying to rescue Terah's idols. And Terah felt such guilt that his idolatry took the life of his son. There's a whole message in that I don't have time for. And so he couldn't, he couldn't leave the land. He's, he had a soul tie. He had an emotional trauma to the, he couldn't, so God had to wait now till Abraham is 75. Then God comes to Abraham, says, if you can go, if you can depart, if you can leave, if you can step out of what is comfortable, what is secure, what is familiar, then I can make of you a great nation. But it requires you stepping out of your comfort zone. For some of you coming to, to, to this church, to this house, to everything is different here and, and everything is, it's, you need to understand if you're looking for comfortable, the reason you were looking is because comfortable hasn't been helping you. You, you got to get into a place where you feel a little bit tweaked and a little bit triggered. It's good for you because all progress happens not in the comfortable zone, but in the uncomfortable zone. So the first thing I need you to understand is that the, the first thing that, that God will unsettle is you from your past. Because the Bible says that, that Haran, when they came to Haran, they settled there. And then if you put the last part of the verse up there, it says, Terah lived 205 years and he died in Haran. Where you settle is where you die. Where you settle is where you die. Well, you know, we don't have a great marriage. Well, you know what? We're never going to own a home. Be very, very careful. The first thing that's going to happen in this house is you will become unsettled. You will become unsettled because the Word of God is incongruent with mediocrity. It, it cannot, it's like oil and water, it cannot mix. If you lean into the Bible, it will challenge you. You cannot, Psalm 8 verse 1 says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. The Bible says when, when they looked at Daniel, he had a spirit of excellence. He had an excellent spirit around about him. How majestic is your name in all the earth. You will find that it, the first unsettling is, man, I just think every week they just, and, and it's, it's, but it's good for you because God has to unsettle you. He has to untether you from the past. He has to unsettle you from mediocrity because where you settle is where you die. If you settle for broke, if you settle for debt, if you settle for dysfunction, if you settle for average, if you settle, that's where you're going to die. God doesn't want you to die in the land of mediocrity. God wants you to step out and exceed. He's the God that raises the dead back to life. And He's the God that creates new things out of nothing. To do that, you've got to let God unsettle you. Now, let me just say this. Every single one of us sitting in this room have between three and four generations of history coursing throughout our beings. The Bible says that God visits the iniquity to the third and the fourth generation. The first, the first journey, the first unsettling is that God has to unsettle you. He has to, to disconnect you from your past. 
He says to Abraham, he says, I want you to get out of your country, get away from your family and out of your father's house. In a father's house, because we know Pastor Colin spoke about honor, we know that the fifth commandment is thou shalt honor thy mother and thy father. So God is not contradicting his word. God cannot contradict his word. But he's saying, I want you to get out of your father's house. What, what does that mean? That means, that means that while you're under your father's house, son, it's important for you, while you're, under your, while you're in your father's house, the legacy of your father's house is your mandate. The legacy of your father's house is your mission and assignment because that's how a son honors his father. He says, but because of Torah settling for mediocrity, settling, he says, I need you to get out because I'm going to use you to create a brand new legacy. I'm not sure who I'm talking to today, but I'm telling you, you came into this house and the first thing that faith wants to do, and don't resist it, lean into it. King David said this, let the righteous strike me. Let my head not refuse it. It is like the precious anointing oil. We all want the anointing. When I first moved to America, I, had, there was, I couldn't believe all the conference junkies. And, and they were telling me they went to this conference and this man of God laid hands on me. And then I, I stood in line and, and I asked for a double portion of this person's anointing. And I'm like, man, God, why are these people weird? Like those men of God are awesome, but these people are weird. And, uh, and he says, because they want what they can't carry. They want what they, they, they think I'm a, you know, they, they can just kind of circumvent. They can just kind of, these people have an anointing because of a price they paid. They think they can just kind of line up and get it for, for free. And the truth is you do get the anointing. When, when, when a man of God lays hands on you, you do get it. How you live determines whether you can keep it. Every anointing has a price to it. Every anointing has a price to it. So, so God says to, to, to Abraham, he says, get out of your father's house. When Abraham hears that, he knows that God is about to forge a brand new legacy. We know that Abraham is the father of faith. We know that he's the father of, of what became the nation of Israel. God created a brand new legacy. The Bible says Abraham walked with God. Abraham was a friend of God. Abraham believed God and it was accredited to him as righteousness. What, what the first thing that you will find in the DNA classes and the freedom classes and the recovery classes, the, the, the reason we have these things is because we understand that every single one of us have at least four generations of baggage that God wants to help remove. Like in my, in my life, I, I, I found that when I got married to my beautiful Leanne, I married the most beautiful woman on planet earth. But I realized very, very quickly that even though I married the most beautiful woman, I could ruin it because all of my paradigms and all of my patterns were from my past. The, my father couldn't, conflict resolution and my father couldn't go hand in hand. He ran away from conflict. He ran away from home when he was 14 because of the conflict in his home. His mother had died at five. His father became quite violent and alcoholic. And so he ran away at 14. Then, uh, you know, he, he, uh, at 18, he had to, it was, you had to get conscripted into the military. And at 18, it was mandatory. And so he was in the military. And then he refused to shoot an escapee. He was in East Germany under communism. And so they, they said that he was a, uh, a sympathizer with, with uh, the West. And so they, they put him in a, a concentration camp. 
And uh, it was so funny. I, I helped my dad move. When my mum died uh, 15 years ago, my dad ended up hooking up with his ex-girlfriend who lives in France. It's a whole other story. He's not safe. <laughs> and so he's, he's... And then in in during COVID, he hated France. He hated, you know, and so I helped him move back to Australia. And those rascals were so, so wicked. 2020 was such a... The rise of, of a globalist power that wanted to, to use a, a pandemic to control the world. And so they rerouted his flight. His flight was meant to go to Brisbane, Australia, and they rerouted him without telling any of the passengers to Adelaide where they processed. And then they put him in a, into quarantine in a hotel for, for 14 days for 14 days. And he wasn't allowed out of the hotel. He had to be in the hotel. They had to, you know, they three meals a day, they knocked. And so I called, I, when I finally found out, because I had a friend there to pick him up at the airport, and when my dad didn't get off the plane, uh, they said, oh yeah, they rerouted your dad's plane to Adelaide, He's, which is a complete other state. And so I finally tracked my dad down to the hotel and I said, dad, I said, man, I just want you to know I'm gonna call some attorneys, this is bad. Oh, blank, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> I said, dad, dad, I said, I heard you're locked in a hotel and it's like a prison, you, you, you know, they, you, they give you three meals a day and you got a knock and, and he goes, oh, no, oh, heck. You know, he's, he uses different words. And uh, he's like, this is nothing. When I was in the concentration camp in prison, there was five of us in a room, eight feet by 12 feet with one toilet here. I got the television. I got a king-size bed. I have a shower. I'm like, okay, Dad, you may just need to lift your... My father had, had all this rejection, anger, you know. And then, then God began to deal with me. God began to deal with me. Because if I was honest with you, the, 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 the 31 years of being married to Leanne has literally been me facing the pain, the trauma of my past, recognizing it, things that I inherited that I didn't buy into. I, di I didn't purchase this, but yet it's mine because it's been passed down as a legacy from my, my grandfather to my father to me. Anger, alcohol, dysfunction, pornography, lust, addiction, hatred, hostility, all these things were passed down. And I'm like, this is not fair. I didn't buy into this. How come I? But, but, but it's my opportunity. Do I want to pass it on to my kids or do I want to deal with it? So I found that, okay, well, I've got to, I've got to go and I've got to deal with it. So if I was honest with you, as I'm dealing with all of this baggage, I'm getting an attitude towards my dad. And so I, I remember this one day I'm, I'm brushing my teeth and, and some of the lights had blown above my, my mirror that needed replacing. And because the lighting was, was, wasn't great, I'm looking into the mirror and I can see my father's features in my face. And as I'm brushing my teeth, I went, ah. And the Holy Ghost goes, well, well, well. I thought you'd forgiven your father. I said, Holy Ghost, I've forgiven him. Honestly, look, I've forgiven him. And the Holy Ghost goes, I know you've forgiven him, but you've never honored him. And I'm like, oh, okay. Here we go. I said, Holy Ghost, all-knowing one. Name one thing he's done that I can honor him for. Go ahead. You have the floor. And then he says, I'm not asking you to honor him because of anything he's done. I'm asking you to honor him for who he is. He's your father. 
He says, when you dishonor your father, you bring dishonor onto yourself. I said, I know, I read that in the Bible, but I don't understand it. He said, Jürgen, every cell in your body, all your DNA is from your father. You carry his DNA. When you dishonor him, you bring dishonor onto yourself. That's why the scripture says, honor your mother and father that it may go well with you so that you may live long and live well in the land. He says, you need to honor your father. God began to open my eyes as I began to honor because honor unlocks and honor opens things. God said to, to me, he says, how did your father meet your mother? And I said, well, you know, he was buying shoes. He says, before that, how did he get from East Germany, communism, where he was a soldier on the wall? How did he get from there into the West? I said, well, he, 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 when he got out of the concentration camp, he ran across a minefield. He, he says, do you know what kind of faith? What kind of courage? To run across a minefield knowing that any step could be your last. Your last step on two legs. You could step on a mine and everything changed. He made a, And then he went from, from, if you look at a map of Germany, he went from Berlin up here to the furthest possible point before you cross the border into France, down into Tuttlingen, where I was born. He went all the way there. And then when um, my mother was pregnant with my little brother, there was a severe winter. And, uh, and dad had two months where he couldn't work, so he couldn't, keep the, he couldn't buy oil to keep their oil heater on. And so somebody said to him, you should apply to go to Australia. Australia has great weather all year. You could work all year. And with your trade, he was a Fliesenleger, which is a, a, a tile of walls, bathrooms, kitchens. Uh, he says, you know, you can, you can make great money. So he applied and got, and then he moved. He moved to a nation where he knew nobody. Couldn't speak the language, didn't know the culture, had a pregnant wife and just knew that a new opportunity. And God says, you think it's a coincidence? He says, this, listen, listen, this house, and I know I've ruined the message. I've got two great points still to come and I haven't. <laughs> what, what, this, what this house will do, uh, how many people here have ever heard, heard this statement, you know, that um, the darkness and light can't mix? When God said, let there be light, the darkness fled. Hallelujah. Anybody ever watch a TV preacher and you heard that? That I'm telling you right now, darkness and light can't mix. And it's as great for preaching. Not true. Not true. Because in Genesis 1-3, God said, let there be light light was and all these preachers obviously don't read verse 4 because the very next verse verse 4 says then the Lord separated the darkness from the light the darkness he called night the light he called day so when God said let there be light light came forth but it mixed with the darkness but when the light comes forth it is able to separate the darkness from the light. Only the Spirit of God can separate dark matter from light particles. Only the sep when, when you come into this house, the reason we don't preach Reader's Digest or Time Magazine or uh, a Woketopian gospel, the reason we preach the Word of God 
is because the Word of God, the Bible says, it pierces, it divides asunder between joint and marrow, between soul and spirit. What the Word of God will do, it will, it will begin to help you to discern the things that you've inherited, the things that have been passed down generationally that are generational curses that God wants to deliver you from that you are the gatekeeper, you are the curse-breaking generation, that you don't pass these things on to your children. He'll teach you that, but then He'll also teach you at the same time that you are also the heir of some incredible virtues and some incredible values that you can give honor to the previous generation from. Faith will unsettle. Faith will, will remove things. I remember for, for years and years when I was a youth pastor, I'd go to these conferences and that they'd always have a guest speaker. And, and I wasn't even wearing like flash clothing, but all the time I'd get, and this young man here, stand up. God's got a word for you. And I'd get this word. Didn't matter where I'd go, I'd try and hide. You know, and that man there with a cap hiding, you know, stand up. The Lord's got a word. And the word was the same every time. God is raising you up to be a prophet to this generation. God is raising you up to be a prophet to this generation. And, uh, you know, I'd never really felt like a, a prophetic voice. And then this one day I'm, I'm uh, talking, talking to God and I said, God, you know, like you, you, I keep getting this word, but, you know, I don't understand what it means. What do I need to do? Do I need to do anything? And God said, actually, you have to deal with your lying. I'm like, but God, I'm so good at it. <laughs> like I, I got, a, I got a, a pair of board shorts because I pretended I was blind in a mall. It was, it was the most fun. It was so, I was so good at it. And I'm like, God, I gave up drugs, sex, and booze. I have to give up that too? It's a true story. Uh, I slept in. I slept through my alarm. And we, we used to have a 6 a.m. prayer meeting, and I missed it. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm a dead man. And so I ran outside, and I rubbed my hands on my tire so it was all black and dirty. And then I... Yeah, race to the... Thank you. I feel judged now, Ashley Robbins. Thanks a lot. And I go into the prayer meeting and where are you? You were late. Flat tire. Flat tire. I mean, I was just no flat tire lying to the pastor. I feel judged right now. I'm trying to be vulnerable and transparent. Mikey Clark, do you see these? I'm just trying to... I can't believe you guys. Judgy Judgersons. So I'm like, oh, dear God. So the Holy Ghost kept dealing with me, kept dealing with me, kept dealing with me. Finally, I'm like, you know, and I, I, was like, I was like Jim Carrey in Liar, Liar. Remember, he gets cured and he's like, I can't. Oh, the pen is blue. And he can't. I was the opposite. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, why do I, keep, why do I find this so easy? So I did a fast. I did a fast. And uh, so I did this 21-day fast. And what was crazy, it, it, I can't remember, some, somewhere in, in this fast, um, I was asleep on my bed. And all of a sudden, it was like I had, like, it felt like fear running up and down through my body. That's the only way I could, I just started shaking. And I opened my eyes, and there is a, a being hovering parallel. Like I'm laying here, and he's hovering parallel over me like this and but he was he he was he was like light and had the most beautiful eyes 
And then he got his fist and he went and he put his fist into my mouth and it went down into, felt like down into my esophagus. And then I just saw him going like this. And all, all I can describe was like this, this ribbon. You're crying out on my ass. And I wanted to ask, you know, when you go to the dentist and they're like, you know, they've got everything packed and he opened and the dentist was like, so, you know, what do you do for a living? And they are unbelievable. You know how there's tongues and interpretation of tongues? Dentists have that gift. Oh, oh, you're, you're a mechanical engineer. <laughs> how many children you got? Oh, you got four children and the youngest one's a daughter. It's like, how do you? Anyway, and so, so I'm like trying to ask. I'm trying to ask, like, <laughs> and, you know, I'm, and, and I just, and this, and it's, it's for about 15 minutes. It's, and I can feel in my stomach this thing just kind of unraveling, unraveling, unraveling. Finally, the last bit comes out. And I look and I said, what was that? What was that? And the angel said, deceit. And then like that, he left. And it was kind of like, after that, it was like, I felt like Jim Carrey, like, I can't lie. I tell the tiniest little, and I'd feel so convicted. It was like I got my conscience back. And God said to me, He said, Son, I had to deliver you. I had to rescue you because you were shutting down the prophetic because you were so easily defaulting to what you inherited from your mother. See, my mother had to lie to her, her parents about the pregnancy me and then lie about the second pregnancy because she knew her parents wouldn't let her move to Australia pregnant with their, their second grandbaby. And so she her default was lying. And so God says, son, what I have for you requires some unsettling, requires me doing some invasive surgery, requires me separating darkness from light. Now I honor my mother. She was one of the kindest people and I see her kindness and I see her love of people in me in this house come on I'm already out of time would you stand to your feet oh my gosh okay I'm already over just turn your palms towards heaven this is this is not this is not going to be I don't know how to do church because I grew up the son of an atheist so we didn't grow up in church but I know what God has done in my life the saddest thing is when we moved to, to California, we moved to America in 2005, I met with pastors and they said, hey, hey, we looked you up online. Yeah, yeah, we just want to help you. If, when you come to California, number one, don't do the Holy Spirit thing. Yeah, it's, if you want to build a big church here, seeker-friendly. And what a seeker-friendly church is, is just a, a church that, that, you know, mentions God, <coughs> but apologizes. <laughs> Sorry, did we mention God? Sorry about that. And, uh, and God is behind a curtain. We bring Him out every now and again, but then we, you know, that seeker, we're not seeker-friendly. Well, we are seeker-friendly, but we realize God is the seeker. The first seeker in the Bible is God. Did you know that? The first seeker mentioned in the Bible is God. Adam! Where are you? The first one seeking wasn't man seeking God. The first one was God seeking man. He's the first seeker. Jesus says, the Father seeks for those who worship Him in spirit and in truth. God is the seeker, so we honor God. But when we moved here, they, they said, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And uh, if I was honest with you, they were the three things 
that we thought, okay, well, they're the three things I'm going to do. In this house, I'm telling you, you will hear things that will unsettle you, that will rattle your cages. It's because God is trying to break you away from the past and set you on a brand new course so that there's a brand new legacy over your house. You will still honor your mother and father, but you'll step out from under that and you'll, you'll, you'll create a brand new legacy. Maybe you come from alcoholism or divorce or dysfunction or anger, whatever it is. I want you to know this house is a house of transformation. It's a house of miracles. It's a house of breakthrough. It's a house of healing. It's a house of deliverance. It's a house where freedom reigns. So would you lift your hands high to heaven? Father, I thank you right now. I break the spirit of infirmity. I break the spirit of cancer. I break this. I break every generational curse. I break the, the curse and the, the, the generational sin of alcoholism, alcohol addiction, drugs, drug addiction, pornography, porn addiction, gambling, gambling addiction, anger. I break the spirit of 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 just just a default to anger and I break it now I declare freedom I declare peace I declare power flows over these over these people I even break the spirit of infidelity infidelity I'm married but why do I have have thoughts all the time break that spirit it's a generational I break it now I break spirits of perversion and ungodliness I break it now in Jesus name I declare those who have come from divorce and divorce and divorce, it ends with you it it ends with you. You are the cycle breaker. You are the you are the generational curse breaking generation. Father, I thank you that freedom comes. I thank you that freedom comes. And then with your hands lifted, this is this is the whole my whole assignment today was to prophesy the the Romans 4:17 that he brings life from the dead and creates new things out of nothing. With your eyes closed, I want you to hear the word of the Lord. God is going to bring that which looks dead back to life. That which is dead back to life. That's who He is. That's what He does. He is a resurrection God. He is resurrection life, resurrection power. Father, I speak right now over, over uh, lives. I speak over dreams. I speak over hopes. I speak over businesses. I speak over children. Speak over children. There's a number of people here. Your children are away from God. And they might be caught up in drugs or a certain lifestyle. But the Lord says, do not give up on, do not set your heart on, on giving up on them. I'm delivering them. I'm bringing life where it looks like it's against all odds. The Bible says, Abraham, contrary to all hope, in hope believed. And God accredited him as righteousness and brought life where it looked like there was death, where it looked like there was no hope and brought new things out of nothing. I thank you, Father God, that each and every single one of these beautiful people will prosper, will flourish, will experience breakthrough in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.